Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 143 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, coming hot off the back of uh, of Fight Week with two MMA-based podcasts, which for some of you will have uh, completely switched you off, and for others it would have been absolute heaven. It's good because it came after International a, a Women's Day special, so it's kind of anyone who isn't into International Women's Day, which you should be because it's not a taste thing it's just it's good it was a good podcast about music um but i don't know where i'm going with this i was about to imply that men don't like international women's day and women don't like mma that's not the case at all so i apologize for even starting that sentence and that thought path how's it going guys i've got a lot to tell you about in this intro so this is going to be a bit of a long intro because um since the last intro i recorded i've been to la and uh, it was great I can't go into tons of detail, but I had loads of good meetings, like none that turned that have firmly any anything exciting, but loads of good meetings. But I also um, I caught the second ever Doctor Octagon, Octagon gig with Cool Keith smashing it with uh, the bassist from at the driving in there. I can't remember his name. Um, the, the DJ Cuba on the decks, and they brought out Mixmaster Mike to go back to back with Cuba. That was amazing. And I also went and caught POS live because. I knew, but we hadn't announced it yet, but we have now, that Speech Development Records are releasing the new POS album um, in the UK uh, physically. So on CD and on uh, double light blue vinyl. It's not doubly light. There's two vinyls. I don't know what that would mean if it was doubly light. Um, But yeah, I'm really hyped about this. And it's been amazing, the reaction to us announcing it. And the reaction to the single at the moment, Faded, if you haven't caught it, catch it. I listened to it on on loop as I was driving around LA. The whole album's amazing. Gravedigger is 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 a favourite. Um, a superposition, a sleep drone slash superposition is a favourite, but Faded was the one that just had me. Um, it's got Bon Iver on it and, and Lady Midnight. And uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Everything I release on the label... It's kind of left field, so I'll often send it out to DJs and stuff, and they'll be like, this is cool, but obviously I'm not going to play it on the radio. Um, but I sent out this track, Faded, and it's still a proper left field hip-hop track, but John Kennedy played it on XFM, Rob the Bank played it on Soho Radio, uh, Lauren Laverne played it on Six Music. It's been getting a crazy reaction, so if you haven't checked that out, I recommend you check that out. And then head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com to uh, pre-order the preferably the vinyl the vinyl's beautiful man i'm so hyped for that everything we release on the label if we can afford to um we do a a vinyl release and so when there is a a vinyl release it means a lot it means that it's it's something that we're really pleased to to get to do to to get the opportunity to do um but yeah what else have i got to tell you about um i've been watching tons of films recently in fact i saw i saw get out in la mate Everyone's going crazy over this film. It's as good as everyone says. I'm not even I'm not even kidding here. It's just it's a fantastic film and I recommend you go and see it. But I wanted I, I talk about the films I've seen a lot online and I don't talk about them too much on the uh, on the podcast. Man, I've got so, so much to tell you. But I wanted I've rambled on before about my OD and Limitless card, which means I could just see as many films as I want for free. And uh, I, I I thought I'd give you my top 6 that I've seen this year because i'm a massive film nerd but i also hate a lot of film nerds because they're so blinkered and stuck on the kind of films are they see and i was looking over i make a list of the films i catch 
I mean, to talk about on the drunk cast and to talk about all over the place, but I was pleased with the the wide range of types of films. So here's my top six that I've seen are using my Odeon Limitless card, and I'll explain the last one. Moonlight, it's it deserves all the hype it's got. Logan, I thought was just stunning, just incredibly exciting. There was a, a minute back there that I was like, I wish Marvel had the rights to everything and hadn't sold the rights to other people for certain stuff. And then Deadpool happened and Logan happened and it made me go, oh, right. So these other types of films can be made that aren't just your typical kind of more family Marvel ones. Train Spot in T2, that was great. Um, Lego Batman instantly gone into my top five superhero films of all time, I think. Amazing. La La Land, I thought it was fucking wicked um i was ready to not like it and i went to see it when the loop had it had, it had hit that tipping point where it was now kind of cool to hate on it i really enjoyed it i thought it was great and the sixth one on my list i've done six because i did an instagram post about this and you can can fit six in nicely the sixth one was get out which <laughs> i thought i'd explain this because i saw it while i was in la and i enjoyed it so much because i've got a limitless card so i don't have to pay um, I went to see it again as soon as it came out over here because I was like, well, it's, it doesn't cost me anything. It's that good. So, yeah, they're my favourites. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of r- rushing. I mentioned the drunk cast. We're going to do another drunk cast soon. People keep asking, oh, when's the next drunk cast? It's on its way. Um, it's a case of finding the time. And to be honest, I've just had a great backlog of, of, of guests. Today's guest is amazing. Next week, I've got James Buckley on. Uh, the week after, I've got kelly marcel and they're just yeah i've been i've been blessed with a an array of guests so the drunk cast is coming but chris and Stu from the drunk cast have got their own podcast um it's called hardcore listing it's a list-based show it's awesome the teaser trailer is up now it's an absolute mess it's three or four minutes long it's on itunes and acast and all that i recommend you go and have a listen to that and I mean, it may put you off ever listening to their stupid podcast, but it's on the Distraction Pieces Network, and I'm excited to have them on. And I'm crazy hyped about this show, because they've got a load of really good guests. The first guest is me, which is nice, but that's good, because you're you're used to the three of us. But the great thing about this podcast is there's kind of two selling points each week. There's the guest you might be into, like with my podcast, for example. Um, let's go with next week. I've got James Buckley if you don't like James Buckley, you might not listen. I mean, I'd recommend against that because it's one of the best chats I've had. And it's really interesting to hear. If you don't know, James Buckley played Jay in the Inbetweeners and he couldn't be less like Jay from the Inbetweeners. So it's a really interesting kind of juxtaposition of his life that, you know, that's the kind of character that if you see him in the pub, you're going to want him or a lot of his fan base all want him to be Jay and want him to, to be Larry. So it's an interesting podcast. But my point is, if you don't like James Buckley, you might not listen to that one. Whereas, like James Buckley is lined up to be on Hardcore Listing. If you don't I, I like him, the subject he picks for his top five might be, be something you like. He might pick his top five, um, I don't know, British comedies. And then you, th- th- that will draw you in. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about this podcast and they've got some amazing guests. They've got m- me on, which isn't that amazing. They've got, they've got I'm, I'm pushing them to do episodes on their own as well, where you guys have suggested top fives f- for them to do, because I think that's always great. Um, they've got a, a Justin f- from Elastica. They've got um, 
the guy from Love Beer who put all the taps and that into into Stu's a little bar, and they're discussing um, their top five ales. I think it is, and top five bar snacks, which is hugely exciting. That's a that's a hot topic, in my opinion. Um, and then, yeah, they've got loads. They've got loads lined up. I believe they've. I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal them. Actually, I'll shut up. I'll shut up now. But they're going to have loads of really good guests. So check that out. Hardcore listing. If you can, it'd help a lot if you go and download the teaser trailer and then subscribe, because that'll mean that when the first actual episode comes out which is next week um they'll get a load of downloads at once and it'll have a good impact and help them get sponsors and all this this kind of i know i go on about this all the time but particularly with a new podcast it's important to get that that first impact so if you can go and subscribe that'd be fantastic um is that everything i need to tell you about i've told you about the pos record i've told you about Get Out and some good films at the cinema. Let's talk about this week's guest. She's lovely. I'm a big fan of two of the shows that she's she's done in the last few years, Chewing Gum um, and Crazy Head. So I was really pleased when she, when, when she was up for having a chat with me. Even more pleased when I had to go into deepest, darkest South London for it, because that's my, that's my roots. Um, and we had the most lovely chat. It was uh, I love it when it's someone you've met for the first time and you just, just hit it off and it's it's warm and engaging from the get-go. So, yes, enjoy this and I'll be back at the end with some more information. Oh, that's another thing I should mention. Um, this Saturday, we return to the book club uh, for our club night, We Are Lizards. I'll be there. Stu will be there. Chris will be there. We've got Eddie Temple Morris. We've got Cut, Cutmaster Swift. We've got DJ Destruction. We've got Discotech credits we've got an amazing uh, lineup i'll be honest i don't really know uh, when it ends because we've got such a big lineup that we got an extended license so i think we go till four but the clocks like go forward or back or something so four might actually be three or four might be five or so basically just you're going to get more than you normally get for your money because we've got an extended license. So you'll either get an extra hour or like an extra three hours. So come down to the book club. Um, it's free before nine and five pounds after. We've got a crazy lineup. I'll be there from like eight o'clock. So if you want to come down, hang out, have a chat, have a drink, have a, f- a photo, anything you want, I'll be about. I sometimes have people bring stuff down and want me to sign stuff or want me to sign them i often forget to have a pen so if you want any of that just bring a pen along and that um but yeah the book club saturday the 25th did i say friday earlier saturday the 25th um yeah this is the distraction pieces podcast what number episode is it i said at the start is episode 143 i'm scrolling through my phone to look at at the episode numbers yeah it's 143 with the wonderful susan wakoma Um, and that's it. I've begun. So I'm here with S- S- Susan Wakoma. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm really, really well. Thank you f- for having me over. I'm excited to be back in in South London. The drive here excited <laughs> me hugely because we're right near um, uh, the Horniman Museum, which yes. my nan used to take me to as a kid oh, really? all the time, and I adore it. So I was literally I was driving, just having the best 
trip down memory lane. Have yeah. you been there at all? Yeah, I went. Do you know what I went? It's great. It, it's one of these things because because Hang on, um, I've got that around the wrong way. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm a novice at this. Uh, <laughs> I've done this a lot. They're not clear, uh, mics. So I can <laughs> tell you which end to oh, talk okay, into. So it's like that bit. It's the red bit. Yeah, ah, the red bit's always the clue. Se, the the front. yeah, se London. Se. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Ooh, <laughs> on brand. Um, but yeah, no. So I no, I've never been, and it's one of those things as a Londoner or a South Londoner. There are just things that you drive by the bus yeah. or you walk by, you think, oh yeah, that's there. Yeah. You never go the in. brown signs for it. Yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, cool, I know it. Yeah. it. But I went for the first time with like, an ex-boyfriend like years ago and he was like, let's go to the Hornman Museum. And we lived in Blackheath, so another yeah. part of South London. And I remember going, yeah, it's going to be wicked. It's gonna be... I remember sort of going thinking, this place is... It sort of gives me the creeps. And he yeah. was really trying to make it sort of romantic. <laughs> Let's just get a cup of coffee. And I was like, no, this place is a little bit creepy. It's what I love about it is it's so <laughs> South London in its, in its essence. Um, it's famous because it's got this big walrus. I think got, I saw the, ra- got the walrus. in the middle. But the beautiful th- th- thing is when they got the walrus, yeah. again, it was in the times of exploration and yeah. it was an exotic animal. <laughs> so the people who run the museum hadn't seen one before yeah and obviously walruses have quite saggy skin and all these layers they didn't know that so they just kept stuff in it Lovely. so it's like twice the size it's that really a walrus, big it's yeah. twice the size of walrus should be because the skin's tight it's meant to have this saggy skin oh. and they just kept filling it up so it's, <laughs> and that's what they thought a walrus looked like just that's- this giant skin right. type beast because so, when I saw the walrus I was like it's, <laughs> that's a mad walrus like, I love it I, just I love gave how it South looks, London like, it is yeah. and then it's like yeah we'll just make it work we'll yeah. just, that's probably that, that'll Stop be it. that's right yeah. a bit a bit that's right yeah I love it so so you've you've grown up in in South London yeah, is that, yeah, so, yeah. So, so so how was that growing up particularly um, when you are you willing it's, it's a weird one South London because yeah. it's not somewhere you'd instantly say Everyone is thinking, I'm going to get into the arts. I'm going to be an no. actor or a performer. <laughs> but there are a lot of really good yeah. art schools and workshops. And you are still in London. So yeah. Yeah. As, as a growing up, I was acting and writing and stuff like that always your goal? Or, or what was the... No. I mean, I grew up in... Uh, you know, I have Nigerian parents. Yeah. And um, they really, really placed a focus on academia and yeah. doing well in school. And, um, but the thing is, they were quite cool because my older sister, Emmy, she's a musical theatre actress. Yeah. Um, but initially she really wanted to be a recording singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recording yeah. artist. So theatre wasn't in our house, but music was. Like my mum yeah. and dad would listen to Bla- Sunday morning, always just blasting, like all them big church tunes. Yes. Like you need to get up, go for the church. We're like, oh my God. My dad would talk, like turn up the bass. Like I was like, oh my God. So music was in our house. And yeah. so, what was really cool about my parents is they saw my sister and they went, do you know what? Actually, your strength is this. And the thing is about singing, you open your mouth, you can hear the voice. Yeah. And my sister is unbelievably talented. Yeah. Annoying growing up hearing that voice <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, right. But now, objectively, I'm like, no, nah, like, they saw something and they went, do you know what? This is what we want for our children, but she should do this. Yeah. this is. So she went to the Brit school. Amazing. She was one of the first students to go to Brit oh, school. Wow. She, went, she left her secondary school in year nine and started in year 10. Wicked. So young. And yeah. that was my, you know, my strict Nigerian parents going, we see this for you. However, because they saw that from my sister, they were like, so you're going to be a doctor, right? <laughs> you're going to be a lawyer, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 the, sure, sure. All the pressure is on yeah, you now. all of it was on me. And I did well at school <laughs> and I was a bit of a neek and I just sort of, you know, I focused on my work and stuff. So they're like, oh, this is easy. It's quite clear that she's going to do something like that. Yeah. And then um, I had a, 
had a secondary, one of my secondary school teachers in year eight. So I was 13, 12, 13. And, um, and she called me after class and she said, Susan, I think that you should apply for National Youth Theatre. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, but she gave me this form and it was like 10 pounds to audition. And she was like, you know, you just fill it out. You pitch two speeches, you audition and maybe you get in and you do some shows like in the summer. And I thought, oh, okay. We didn't have the internet in my house. We didn't have the internet until really, really late, yeah. which is a problem. <laughs> I had to do my GCSE coursework by hand and I everyone mean, else was doing it on a computer. I was like, oh, dad, who, please. Who can even imagine such savagery? <laughs> such savagery is barbaric. <laughs> um, so I, so basically that started a trend of, people whether it be teachers or tutors who I wasn't related to just sort of swooping in and going you should do this you should maybe do that and that is basically how I became an actor was other people saying you should apply for this you should try this so um it's massively motivational so when someone that hasn't got any reason or responsibility says to you I think you'd be good at this again particularly in your teens or whatever, yeah. and if you've got if you've got an older sister or brother, they're generally not going to be no. telling you you're great. They're no. going to be no, like bullying you and telling you you're you rubbish. Yeah. So yeah. someone turned around and going, "I think you'd be great at this." And you go, "Oh, really? What? Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't do drama at school. Yeah, we didn't do. There were, I to this day, I, I'm not 100 percent sure why she thought that would be a good idea. I did bump into her on the train like four years ago. I completely forgot her name, which is bad, but I remembered her. <laughs> and I tapped her on the shoulder and I just went, I'm sorry, like obviously you you teach like hundreds and hundreds of girls from St. Sophie's and St. Olaf's, but you taught me, you told me to get into National Youth Theatre. I got in, I'm an actress now, like that's yeah. legitimately my full time job. She started crying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, so um, good. but it was but it's because of her. And so I applied and I got in. And I didn't know what I was doing. Like, we were studying Macbeth at the time. So they said, pick a Shakespearean um, speech. So I just picked that, not knowing that you had to pick somebody of the same gender. So I bop in, like, I think I bunked off school to do the audition. (laughs) So I bop in and then um, I do Macbeth. And I remember the panellists, it was just like one guy sort of going, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did it. And then we had a little bit of a chat. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was told to do it. It seems really fun. Don't really know about acting. And then, uh, and then I got in. And so Amazing. I started doing shows with them in the summer. So um, you'd audition for, you had to audition to be part of their seasons. Yeah. So you audition, you hopefully get part, you spend the summer with like other young people. And this was the first time that I'd met people from like Wales. Yeah. Like there was one girl, I remember her, she was called Guar. That was her name. Wow. Yeah. It's a great name. And she started speaking Welsh at me and I was like, yo, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm so confused. Luckily she was really patient with me and she was like, yeah, you know, there's this language, it's called Welsh. Yeah. Um, and so that was the beginning of meeting other young people um, who were, but the thing is back then it wasn't really to do with we want to be actors and be in the industry. Mm. We, I literally spent from 13 to 19 which is how long I spent with the National Youth Theatre. I just messed about. Yeah, it's something to do, isn't it? It was, but it was amazing. We were working hard. We were working actually real adult hours. We were rehearsing Monday to Friday, 10 till 6. And you do like a four week run run of a show. But we used to play hard and it was so fun. And I was socialising in a way um, that I wasn't really getting to do at home and I wasn't really getting to do in school. Like people sort of, that was the first time that people would say you're funny. You're really yeah. funny. And I was like, 
Oh, am I? Like, oh. I just didn't. But the thing is, in, in you know, everybody else's defence, my family are very funny. Right, yeah, like, yeah, Like, yeah. you've got to up your game to be in my yeah, house, like, yeah. for real. So, of course, like, big fish in it. Yeah, fish yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, oh my God, I am so you've funny. You've had all that training. All that training. And now you're out and, yeah, yeah, I got this. But it was from there, really. And then I just, and I, because um, that wasn't enough. I was like, no, I need to do this, like, not just in the summer, not just at Easter, whatever. So then I applied for this other and what the thing is that's really sad is all these initiatives are dying they don't really exist anymore so this was um uh, a company run by english national opera and their charity called ian o'baylis and they ran a saturday drama club so you do one hour of dance one hour of singing and one hour of drama and so i thought yeah okay i auditioned again you paid maybe 20 quid for the year or the term or whatever which I just saved up at my own, but I just basically didn't eat at school because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell my parents because my parents thought I was going to be a doctor. Wow. So, um, so I, didn't tell, none, I didn't tell them any of this. Proper anyway. f- flash dance. Yeah, right flash dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy Elliot, all that. Secretly I watched Billy Elliot. I was like, yeah. To do the arts. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. it. Um, and so, uh, and then I got in and that's where I met instrumentally a woman called Maria Leith who taught me drama. And I met a guy called Gareth Malone who does... Uh, there's a series of shows on BBC called The Choir. And yeah. he's the choir master. So yeah. I met oh, right. him. Yeah, of course. When he must have been early 20s, he was like young, young, young. Yeah. And um, so they taught me drama and music. And wow. both of them, they were the first two people who went, you should do this career. You should take this seriously, actually. Yeah. You should think this is what drama school is and you should apply. And and I just think, but, you know, where was the evidence of someone like me doing the job? And they were like, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you've got enough talent. And so it was through those two, Gareth, Maria, who's one of my best friends still, my English teacher. That was how I found out about acting. And those people saying, you should do it. You should take it seriously. Yeah. So, it's, yeah it's, it. it's amazing having someone kind of clarify to you that it's a serious thing as well. It's serious. Yeah. Again, it, as, as, as long as the hours are on, particularly in TV and yeah. film, as, as, as exhausting as it can be, it is still going and messing around for it's a day. Around. That's why <laughs> it's, it's messing around, which is great. Crazy. So someone telling right. you, oh no, this is, you can job. do this as a job. What? I, I was doing it to avoid academia or to avoid exactly, to avoid these exactly other what I was doing and I was loving it and I thought I was good and I was growing and I knew that I was like, I was learning, oh, I can really take direction. That's really cool. But it was those two who were like, and so you're going to do this yeah. as your job, yeah. like go and train, like go and do that. So yeah, that was the way I found out about it and I got into it and it was literally other people. There was no sort of, you know, burning ambition within myself. I mean, the only time that I'd been to the theatre was when I was about 10 yeah. And I saw Bugsy Malone, yeah, which is really amazing. weird because they had child actors, yeah, kids my age. I remember sitting there feeling weird. I, not that I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. I just was quiet. Yeah. I went home and I was quiet. And I remember what? my mum going, what is going on? You went to go and see this play and now you're quiet. What's what? And I was like, I just, I couldn't talk about it. But yeah. now I know it was a, like, it was a heartbreak. Yeah. Because I realised, oh my God, I want to do that. Oh, why isn't that me? Why isn't that me? Yeah. I fell in love a little bit and falling in love is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I watched it sort of going, oh my God, I'm feeling things, I'm feeling things. And that was the only other time, like instinct gut. But I wasn't, I didn't go to the theatre. Yeah. So that feeling didn't happen all the time. Yeah. That just happened because it was a friend's birthday and her mum thought it'd be nice. So I've been, I, I really owe me becoming an actor to a lot of other people. Yeah. I can't say, sit here and be like, I did it all myself. I, I did it. So, um, it's, 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 it's a really interesting one because a topic that would, come up a lot and, mm. and, and we and we uh, uh, will discuss is the potential restrictions of being a black woman mm. 
in, in an industry like this. Yeah. Being a woman alone is a tough enough yeah, yeah, industry yeah, like yeah. this, being a black woman in an industry like this. But I was thinking about it b- before the interview, and it's mm. it's a fascinating one because South London, for your age, is mm. kind of the perfect place for you yeah. to have come through because in like the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of, of racial tension yeah. and racism Massive. and things like that. But in in as I was, I was looking at the Brexit um, results a while yeah. ago, and Lewisham and a lot of South London ones are the ones who voted to remain, yeah. which surprised a lot of people. Yeah. But the fact is, it's because you had uh, South London was a, a base for a lot of immigration yeah. in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. So by now, you've had that initial uproar and yeah. tension of these yeah. people coming in. Then it's the acceptance and the yeah. realization that everyone's the same, and yeah. even the fact again, like. A, all my f- families are South London, and mm. and most of the families that had were, were immigrants at the time, yeah. you'd learn were the ones that, as you've con- contest- uh, contested to, had the highest standards and highest yeah. expectations of their children. It's like, no, you yeah. need to be a Strix. doctor, you need to be this, you need to be that, because so it it stopped that initial uh, reaction of oh, these immigrants are coming come over on benefits yeah, and so on and so forth, and. It's interesting because where I live in Essex, when my parents moved out there, yeah. they noticed there weren't any black people yeah. or Asian people coming from South London. That was weird for them. But yeah. it's why Essex and Thurrock is one of the hotbeds of UKIP yeah, now because they're, they're South London 30 years ago. Yeah. They're having that. There's all these new people coming in yeah. and it's scary yeah. and dangerous. Yeah. It's like it's it, it's interesting that South yeah. London is one of the places that is now one of the most progressed and forward thinking absolutely in that and that was how how it was growing up i yeah. didn't experience because that's what i thought in your 20s that's oh. kind of the perfect you would have been in in that era where it's yeah. more in some instances at school yeah you'll be in the majority I in was, south london and things seriously. like that whereas again at my school there was one black family yeah oh, and they were lovely but there was imagine. one black family and that was <laughs> they it lovely. They, they were so lovely one. but they were the, the only ones <laughs> but that, do you know what me and racism is it's really interesting because yeah. i'm not i didn't experience it until really late yeah um as in like literally someone being racist at my face there were things that i experienced like colorism yeah which is something that is very very big in um the black community that's what i i was aware of is like the fact that i was dark yeah i was disadvantaged not necessarily because i was black yeah if i was lighter and black then that would be desirable do you know what i mean yeah um but racism is something that i didn't experience until really late because all i knew was multiculturalism i remember it being a joke showing some of my friends at drama school um my primary school picture and it was my birth my birthday's on new year's eve but my mum tried to like do just on our last day of term she made me a cake and she put me in this really awful dress (laughs) and um, we're in the playground and it was me chinese girl blonde white boy other black girl and everyone was laughing at this picture going, is that your primary? It's like the United Colours of Benetton. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. that's legitly what I grew up with, which yeah. is why I found it weird. Then when I started out acting, being in um, rehearsal rooms and being the only black person. Yeah. Or the only non-white person in yeah. the room going, this is really weird. And in the centre of London. Yeah. You sort of go, but this is so weird because all I've known is a mix. Um, and I think that having that background growing up in you know in those schools where it was it was so mixed in terms of religion and color and not really class yeah class was one thing oh, that, that held us all together but and again that's one thing that is very as south london as well yeah, south london south, yeah, for a long time has felt like not part of london not part of london where all the poor it's, people it's, live, it's it? added now <laughs> with all the all the 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 rejuvenation and all yeah. the now the transport yeah, links yeah. in but for a long time i'd come and visit family and it had always 
bit be us driving here because to come from Essex to South London was, yeah. was long. Yeah. You couldn't do it. You'd have to go mm. into Central, then down, then yeah. get a bus, then get then. But walk. now it's, it's like, like direct. They're getting yeah. us in. And I, I grew up in Elephant Castle, which is really funny now because it's so like all the new bills and it's all rejuvenated. But that was I Elephant Castle yeah. Shopping Centre was my playground. Like yeah. we go to school, we'd finish, we go to the Woolworths RIP, yeah, and yeah. have some sweets and kick it and then go home maybe go to the library which is closed down at the moment um yeah a me and polar bear who's a spoken word artist yeah we're going to the birthday of another spoken word artist kate tempest yeah yes london yeah and we were running early and we went a bowling in elephant castle and it was my favorite night out of last year we almost didn't go to kate's party because we were literally we were bowling there was an arcade machine that you punch there was another one that you kick and there was just teenagers with gel in their hair yeah it's like this is great i love this that bowl i know that bowling alley really 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 well it was our playground and it was enough yeah it was enough and then sometimes we go to the library and i knew my mum would be there my aunts would know that i'd there they literally poke their head through the window i'd be like are you right auntie grace she'd be like okay okay but that was all i knew and so it was really there were a lot of harsh truths um, going into the industry when I really, really, really felt black. Yeah, yeah. And really, really felt like um, a minority because it just honestly wasn't what I grew up with. Yeah, it's interesting because, again, as you said, the, the class thing, it, although racism initially you would see a lot of it in lower classes mm. wherever your skinheads and stuff mm, like that mm, mm. it's also where it couldn't last long because you're no. all in the same boat no 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 you have to live a, together a quite a, a literally my old man is his, his dad worked in a a, a pickling f- a factory in south london <laughs> and it meant that most of the other people he worked with were black families and immigrant yeah. families so they'd have the best parties and christmases yeah. and things like that so yeah. from an early age You've it's got like to get involved. no this is this Otherwise is it this is part of it you can't be going who are they? It's like, these are lovely. I tell you, like, one of the weird... So we moved... Uh, we So when I was born, we were in Peckham. Yeah. Then we went to Campbell, and then we settled in Elephant Castle when I was about six, six yeah. or seven. And um, our second home in Campbell, now that was interesting. We were in this block, and um, our neighbours were this big Irish family. And yeah. my This is where I've got, like, a little bit of an affinity with the Irish, because my mum, like, proper loves the Irish. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. we Nigerians, we love Guinness, it's cool. Like, she'd always let me stay with them and hang out with them, blah, blah, blah. And across the block from us was this white family who were racist this was the first time that um i sort of blocked out because i was very very young yeah um but they would like throw bricks in our window there was one time my sister was in the bathroom they threw brick and she had to go to hospital my older sister um and they would harass us and uh and i didn't really understand what was going on i just remember my mum being very very upset a lot of the time because we were really really small then something weird happened and this is what i mean about you live in close proximity with yeah. this and you just, it doesn't last long. Yeah. But this was creepy considering yeah. I was about five. Right. This is just before we moved, so five, six. I think this is one of the, the nails in the coffin. Yeah. Um, so what my mum used to do, she used to open the front door and we would, and she'd like sit at the door and we'd all play, like yeah. all the kids, blah, blah, blah. My mum went into the house for a bit. And then one of the boys, one of the harassers, yeah. he came up to me on his bike. He must have been about 15, 16, came up to me. I was quite a cute baby in it. Like, I was quite cute. I was quite cute. A lot of people start talking to me and I was really trusting, yeah. which is what got me in trouble. Yeah. So he started talking to me. He's like, oh, you're right. Where's your mum? I was like, oh, she's inside. Blah, blah. He's like, do you want to go for a bike ride? And I went, yeah. 
I'm thinking about it now and all the things that could have happened. So I hopped onto the front of his That's bike. It, I'm really hoping that this ends nicely. No, this ends nice. Don't worry, don't worry. I hopped onto the, the handle, the bar of his bike, and we just go on a drive. Like, yeah. we go to Dulwich Park. We go far. We go to Dulwich Park. Um, he takes me down Peckham Rye. We went up to, like, oh, God, we went all over. I think we drove past the Horniman as well, yeah, and yeah. I don't really know what it was. Yeah. We went around for hours. It was dark when yeah. we came back. And then when he'd, and nothing funny happened, he literally yeah. was talking to me and he was just like, so do you get on with your brothers and sisters? And I was like, my brother's an idiot. And blah, blah. We just talked about that. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you know what that is? But just pointing loads of things out to me. Got me home. Too. My mum hit the roof. She yeah. called the police. Like she was, it was really, but to be honest, this is typical of Nigerian parents. I was the one who got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, course. why are you getting angry at me? This big boy just <laughs> took me for a ride. Yeah. And I remember, and, and it was, a real like my mum was so so upset fast forward a few years later i'm in secondary school no it was in primary school like towards the end yeah and me and my brother we're now on the wharf road elephant castle yeah we go to the mcdonald's we're gonna get an ice cream boy serving us is that boy amazing boy. and he's like oh yeah you're all right how you doing you've got big blah blah i'm thinking you legitly kidnapped me and you used to put bricks through my window yeah. i'm confused and me and my brother like we walked out and he's like i swear that's the bro i was like yes 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 get <laughs> <laughs> but he used amazing. to give us free ice cream and, and it's just, it can't like I'm not saying that this boy was like had an American History X moment it was like reformed or whatever but I think whatever he was being taught by his parents or whatever was going on yeah. in his house wasn't what he felt Yeah, because there was an interest and there was a humanity there and that and like you say that hatred only lasts so long like if you look at yeah. brexit a lot of the places in the uk that voted to leave were places that actually had a really low percentage of immig- immigration yeah. like yeah. immigrants completely completely so they all all they had to go off was the propaganda of it and exactly. and, and, and and the fear and things like that mm. but yeah it's it is a fascinating one and in many ways as 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 un as unhero like <laughs> as that that character seems to be in the story <laughs> i'm always far more impressed with people who this is going to sound like an odd statement, but no. have every right to be racist because yeah. they've been brought up in that atmosphere yeah, yeah, yeah. and then s- step out of it. And I have friends to, like that. To make their own decision yeah. and, or as, as you said, meet a young black child and have a nice day <laughs> riding around on a bike and go, away. wow, that wasn't weird or horrible. That was just a fun day. That was a nice person, you know. That was a really weird day. It could be weird yeah, things that, no, that break you through in that I way. But I had it. Like, I remember there was one, one of my really good friends. Um, we'd play out together. And then she used to, so her mum lived like in Bermondsey, which is a little bit away from me, but her nan lived around the corner. So we play yeah. out. And then whenever it, I'd be like, oh yeah, can I get like a drink of water or, you know, glass of juice or whatever? And she'd be like, I'll go upstairs and get it and bring it down. You're not allowed in my nan's place because she's racist. Yeah. Amazing. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, that happened a lot actually. But they would let That's their weird, children or their grandchildren play with me or play yeah. my brother or play my little sister. But we knew we could go but, to their house. But you can't come in their house. Like, yeah. There was this other boy around the corner who was like from the Haygate estate, which doesn't really exist anymore. And um, he, had a, he had a pit bull and he was like, um, you can, yeah, you come play out with us, but don't touch my dog because he's racist. <laughs> He'd been tra- this dog had been trained <laughs> to attack bad people. Dog. That's insane, isn't it? Nuts, isn't it? But he was. But this boy was like, "Yeah, let's play." And that was sort of <laughs> what I grew but up that's in. It. I think so many <laughs> of these things we can try so hard to rally and change the minds of yeah. those set in their ways, but yeah. sadly, most of it is going to be a generational thing. Yes, I think. And it's so. what you've seen. It's it's the people who grew up in a school where oh. there was such a mixture that yeah. it's really hard to beat. 
to keep hold of your racist beliefs no. in that situation because half it, your mates are of all different colours. And also, it comes down. Like I remember there was a big beef in my school. So I went Saint Saviour and Saint Olaf. Big up the girls, <laughs> uh, New Kent or New Kent Road. And um, there was this one th- that things would erupt, particularly yeah. in girls amongst girls. I mean, I'm really not for single sex schools. I think it's much better to get get amongst each other straight I agree. away. I went to an all boys school. No, and it was no, just no, no, no. It's just, it's mad. It's a bit weird. But things would erupt, but they would erupt in a really, really good way. Like, so, you know, you're all there. I'm there with all my, you know, I've got my Bangladeshi friends, I've got my Pakistani friends, I've got my Nigerian friends, Ghanaian friends, Jamaican friends, blah, blah. Then one girl, one girl thought it was smart to say, she just said in the middle of music class, I wasn't there, saying something like, oh, yeah, like, like, island girls are much better looking than African girls, isn't it? Like, let's just be honest. This spread, this girl got, you know, (laughs) Don't do that. Like yeah. all, all the Ghan- all the Ghanaians and Nigerians, they put their beef aside and they're like, let's come together. Let's just find this girl. They cornered them. They're like, say what you said again. Yeah. I did, like, and I, I'm, I'm not going to say her name. I know the girl, but I just thought, <laughs> why would you, it wasn't even, I was going, how dare you say that? I was like, why would you say that? Why would you bother? At school, just, just say drama. that at home, say that amongst all your lot. Like, don't say it. But she learned a lesson. It was like, are you mad? And there was, of course, the girls who were like, don't you know your history? Don't you know where you're from? Blah. Yeah. And it meant like this big discussion happened. I mean, no one actually it didn't erupt in a fight, but yeah. people were confronting it. And it just meant that you can't literally, you can choose to say that, but yeah. you're going to get, someone's going to pull you up on it. Yeah. And, um, and that was a brilliant thing about being in such a multicultural school was that you say something, people are going to come find you and be like, what did you say? Uh, and <laughs> it's again, it's, 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 it's where those things d- develop out and, yeah. and get ironed out again there's a massive history of Ghanaian and Nigerian oh, yeah. rivalry beef, and, which and, I still don't completely understand but then again <laughs> there becomes a point where you're all South London or you're all St Olaf's or, yeah. or, or you're all whatever oh, yeah. it's like oh yeah when the other schools would come like, to beef us we would yeah, all be like, like we're not divided we're all from this place and that, that becomes your identity which is a beautiful thing I'm talking about beefing but I was never involved because yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. if I get involved I'm going to get in so much trouble yeah. so I'd always like stand in the back going oh no Oh, essay, don't do that. But like, so like, eat my chicken and chips. Like, this yeah. is so fun. Leave it. But, this is great. <laughs> this is really fun. I was too much of a chicken. <laughs> so, 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 how was it then moving into the th- th- theatre world, mm. or, which again is somewhere that, because of it being largely dominated initially by upper classes, yeah. it is somewhere where there was l- levels of 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 more racism than. S- a sexism, I guess, because yeah. um, again, the theatre has, has always been quite a, a mixed g- g- gender thing yeah. in, in many ways. Yeah. But yeah, how was that to kind of enter into that world? And did you feel prejudices that you hadn't experienced mm. growing up? Did you suddenly go, hang on, is that person treating me in a certain way? Yeah, I mean, because I did a lot, I did loads of National Youth Theatre and I did loads of like in my spare time, I really did you know, when I wasn't at school, I was doing other things. Yeah. Um, so when I then, you know, like graduated from drama school and was finally in rehearsal rooms, I felt really confident and I felt really fine. But that's because I had the shock of, you know, National Youth Theatre are much more brilliant at it now yeah. in terms of getting loads of different people from different parts of the UK, different backgrounds to be members and to yeah. apply. Um, they have loads of burs- bursaries in, in place for people to apply as well. Um, but, you know, I remember when I, my first... Uh, so you do a two-week course. I remember being in the middle of Holloway Road because that's where their base was. And I was the only, I was like maybe the only black girl. I was the only black girl. Right. I was like a black boy, maybe two other black boys in our course. And I remember thinking, this is weird. I'm in the middle of London and 
oh, right. So I got very used to being one of the few in a room. So when it started happening in professionally, I was like, okay. But by the time it started happening professionally, I was like, this needs to change mm-hmm. because I felt uncomfortable. Like it's not that anything bad would happen, but there'll be things like people wouldn't really know what to do with your hair. They wouldn't really yeah. understand it. They'd ask those questions. I'm like, you'd start boring. If there's more of us in a room. Like yeah. that's unlikely to happen. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So things like that. But nothing awful and nothing that made me feel, particularly at National Youth Theatre, I was empowered and I saw an influx of other people being, you know, because they had their outreach programme, which I got involved with, which is literally going into schools and recruiting young people to apply. So in a way I was, and also I was just, you know, once my parents found out I wanted to act, they were like, there's not anyone like, like, I remember I've talked about this in a few interviews, the best thing my dad ever did God rest his soul, um, was he called me to I apply, I wanted to do drama GCSC. Now this yeah. is when he knew he found out because I was like, shit, I'm going to gonna have to put it down. He's going to have to prove it. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did it and he was like, oh. I love you having to come out. Yeah, that was me coming out. I was coming out. I came out. I came out. I've got something to tell I've got you guys. To tell you dad. I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> and my dad called me into his room. My dad was like, he was really fiery man, yeah. really, really bad temper on him. But his temper wasn't here today. And that's when it's, you should be scared. He called me into his room and he was like, okay. Take the remote control. Got the remote control. So I go through all the channels. We only had five channels at the time. One, yeah. two, three, four, five. Yeah. And then he went, okay, tell me where all the black people are. And I was like, uh, yeah, well, at this time, there's not, the bill isn't on. So, um, so of course, yeah. there's not going to be, yeah, 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 yeah. like, trying to be really smart. Yeah. And he was just like, Suze, it's going to be half. Look, I love you, but it's going to be half you. Look at you. Like, yeah. you're dark. You're a little bit round. <laughs> like, you're working class. There's no one that looks like you yeah. on TV. And you got to be prepared for this. Yeah. I can't guide you. Yeah, I don't know this, this world that you're going into. So it's on yeah. you. So I was really, really, I was really prepared for it to be really hard in yeah. my head. I've always had, I've always been like a happy pessimist. I've always gone, you know what? It probably isn't going to work out. That's going to be all right. So that's how I approached work and going into these rooms and things. I have to say, I graduated in 2010 and the sort of theme of being the only one of the only black people in a room died very quickly. Yeah. Died very, at least when it came to cast. Yeah. With crew, with creators, that's changing, but that's yep. a lot slower. But yep. in terms of like actors, that changed quite quickly. Yeah. Because I think we were starting to have the conversations. Yeah, of course. Um, so... No, I didn't ever really feel self-conscious. I think go, doing TV, when I migrated into TV, yeah. that was different. Because that, cause that, um, that story there of speaking t- to your dad and him sitting you down and putting the TV mm. on, it makes the last couple of years all the more huge, uh, yeah, I'd yeah. imagine, for you. Because yeah. I, I think yeah. you're, you're still early in your career, but uh, and, and, and not to to make you blush but i think you're 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 hugely important at the moment because i think both chewing gum and and crazy head are massive deals yeah. bigger than people will realize right now because yeah. it's a time with, with those who and there was a few other channel four shows as well yeah. but they're 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 having people of all ethnicities and classes mm. in lead roles in major yeah. roles in interesting characters yeah and of ge- di- different genders as well yeah. again a crazy head being a prime one of having two female leads. Yeah, and yeah. in reality, I mean, at least a, 
Oh, one of the guys in it is more there as eye candy yeah, 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 rather yeah, yeah. than being yeah, the other way well, and man yeah. the dude's bodied up he's oh, a good yeah, looking he's, yeah. he's, you know, as, as, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan you know so <laughs> you know, it's, it's very hard it's very but hard it's a beautiful turnaround in that yeah. in that kind of thing and, and, and that must mean the world because mm-hmm. the fact is now you flick through or again you, you look at some of the praise shows of the last year yeah. and there is a mixture of races yeah, and a mixture yeah. of genders and, and you're at the forefront of that kind of thing. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. But, um, yeah. I'll get back to my kind of path I was, I was going yeah. down. Are, are there any – I've been trying to think of what good groundbreaking Channel 4 shows in recent years mm. that you've not had some kind of involvement in because oh. you were in Misfits <laughs> – yeah, and, I was which was raised you in the in between as two movies. Yes, and again, I was. that was best job ever. Fantastic. I did so, nothing in it. <laughs> so, 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 how was that though? Let's talk about how it was moving from theatre yeah. into into TV, and what was the kind of the route and the path. The route. Well, um, I because it wasn't instant. Like no, despite it wasn't. you being kind of smashing it now and still still being young, you've been yeah. doing it a long time. We've so been doing it since I was seventeen. Yeah. Um, so in terms of TV, it's been really weird. Like you don't um, at drama school, like. You sort of have to figure out what your taste is. What is the things that you want to do? And yeah. I sort of went full circle because I did, you know, all the classics. I did lots of dramatic roles. But at the end of it, I remember meeting my now agents and going, I, the thing that I enjoy watching is comedy. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times when I was young and something bad happened at home or something bad happened at school that I'd go and watch two episodes of Friends and I'd yeah. forget what I felt or yeah. what had happened really it means so much to me and I feel like comedy can move people in I don't know that's and I just and I made that very clear like of course I can do anything because I just went to drama school I know I can but this is what I love yeah and so um but when you're starting out you just do the jobs that come to you so you know you do your Holby City you do your doctors big up Birmingham like you do all that but in Again, terms I, of, I, I yeah. love that there's those shows yeah, with Holby City Casualty The Bill yeah. that are essentially it's it's work experience. Mm-hmm. It's 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 getting your oh kind God, of yeah. your your apprenticeship. Your, yeah, it's like it's the, but on TV in in a in front of loads of people show, you know, and all that. But you, there's so many people that I've talked to on the podcast. I'll, I'll go on their own DB and you'll go to the start yeah. and it will be the bill casualty. Casual, you've got to do you know, it. You've got, if you haven't done it, there's something it. wrong. There's yeah. like, I feel like there's you've got to do those yeah. shows, and it felt like such a stamp of approval to be able to do those. And you're like, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. But like in terms of screen work. <laughs> If I'm being really honest, I, because of like the way that I've, I look, which, you know, I'm really happy with the way that I look. It's great. It's really, really good. It's really good. But I've always been, because I had to be in front of a camera when I was a very awkward teenager. That was my first job. I had to, it was a real brilliant learning curve that I'm so proud of where I had to really look at myself and go, that's not important. Yeah. And go, I'm not going to be the actor. Yeah. I made a deci- decision really early on to not be like the ingenue, to not like, because I, I could make the effort, wake up, you know, an hour and a yeah. half earlier every yeah. day and yeah. do my hair and get weave and get blah, 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 which I know some women do. My little sister does big up. It's, it's a lot of effort and a lot yeah. of time. It's not what I do. It's not who I am. And so I just, there was just a real moment when I was younger and throughout drama school, I went, you know what? I'm not going to rely on that. I'm not going to rely so on my key. youth or my That's, looks or whatever. It's, it's, it's so important and so hard to do. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking to look in the mirror and go, do you know what? I don't think I'm, I yeah. don't quite think that I'm Halle Berry. But as like- an actor <laughs> and as a performer, it's the most important thing. I had it recently. I was watching, I watched the first episode of Legion. Okay, yeah, FX, I've not seen it. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And I was halfway through and I wanted to look at, it was in the advert 
a, a break. So I'm, yeah. I'm not on my phone d- during the, sh- yeah. the show. I've got respect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I go on IMDb yeah. t- to look at one of the actresses. Yeah. And I realised that the lead guy was um, Dan St- Stevens, who was in The Guest. Yeah, and is, yeah, yeah. I, everything I've seen him in, he's been absolute heartthrob, absolute yeah. smouldering brilliant. And in this, he's a nervous shake. And I honestly didn't, didn't recognise recognize him. him. And I'm like, mate, that's amazing that... Because again, I've I've had tiny, I've had three acting roles, mm. and I've only seen two of them so far. And yeah. each of them, there's bits of ego. The first time I watched again, oh, how do I look? Oh, yeah, how do I look? It's like course. that doesn't matter because that the character isn't about that, and exactly. that's something that you have to be really more confident. I think. I think yeah. it's insecurity, and this isn't hating on anyone, no. but the people who are trying to look as sexy as they can yeah. in every role or whatever yeah. else, because it's like, well, no, that's not your character. That's, that's not, not your character, and, and you know, that's thinking about you as a a product or a, a person product. rather yeah. than the character yeah, on screen, I guess, right? Yeah, very early on I thought, okay, I can't I, I can't think. Some actors do and there are some, you know, you meet these people and they're charismatic and they're naturally sexy. Like they literally scream sex at you and you're like, yeah. wow, how do you, whoa, oh my I God. And I, I'm I so can't glad. wait for Ryan Gosling to oh play an ugly God. person. Yeah, That would be the biggest test. How though? <laughs> my God, Try how? and not be charismatic, Try Ryan. Try not be charismatic, Ryan. <laughs> Just for a minute. Or any of the Ryans. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, all of them. What is that? It's just it's annoying. It's some Ryan's, but yeah. But I just I don't know. I just was very honest about who yeah. I was, and it's you know the thing that gives me the most joy is when people don't realise that they'll see me on the street, and it doesn't happen that often, but they'll go, "Shit, you the girl in two, yeah. and you're in what?" And they don't yeah. know that I'm either in both shows. Yeah. They don't recognise me from. I'll be having. There was one guy that I was in a play with and we were chatting he was talking about chewing gum for ages at me and I was like he's talking about me the show like I'm not in it and then I went <laughs> I went you know you know, you know I'm, I'm a chewing gum right? and he fucking didn't know brilliant but for me that is the biggest com- like, yeah. I'm not just saying it like it can be a sort of defence mechanism to go I don't care about looking you know being a size 10 yeah. or being pretty or whatever that can be I'm very aware of that yeah. But just genuinely, I looked at sort of the things that I like to do, the things that I like to watch, the kind of actor I want to be, and I went, that's not part of my equation. I, and I think that's that's made me approach screen work in a way that um, I don't feel restricted. And yeah. I think that's how, I'm, you know, I can't, there's no formula to it. I don't really understand it because ultimately you audition for a job, you get it or you don't. But a lot of the work that I've done has, I've been free of any sort of, yeah. label of you've got to look a certain way or be a certain be way this or be and that. it's the way it's where I'm happiest again I had completely that I've, I, I've, I've I looked you up on Twitter and followed you because of crazy head yeah and I'd previously raved about chewing gum <laughs> and then I saw in your profile chewing gum and I was like <laughs> oh shit yeah no yeah like, I'd, had, I'd watched the whole series of Crazy Head and not, and, and not oh, made wicked. that connection See, for weirdly, me that's so, the biggest compliment but again it's both shows I'd watched every episode of so a, chew, a, a chewing gum felt like it was your kind of your 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 biggest role at that point or yeah. your breakout role that you could really get into yeah how was that and how was it as a role particularly again coming from a, Niger- a strict Nigerian yeah, yeah, family yeah. that you're you're playing that role of in the first <laughs> series at least the sister that is very kept under control yes. and, and ruled by yeah. who you should be and how you should behave yeah. and you've got obviously Michaela Cole who's been on the podcast and, yeah. and wrote the show and is amazing who's playing that role of she's suddenly got her freedom and got that moment of oh wow I'm free but not really yeah. sure what to do with yeah. that freedom yeah, kind yeah. of going oh I'm okay I don't know where I'm meant to go uh, yeah. now I, I loved it because what it was um, looking at I feel like not exclusively because ultimately it's a show that's telling you a really fun story about these young people who happen to live on an estate yeah yeah 
But, you know, of course, me, the actor, then goes, all right, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. And what I found really interesting about um, Cynthia um, and about Tracy was that these were black women who were restricted in some way, yeah. by whether it be religion or, you know, culture. They were a little bit strangled. Yeah. And that's what I've... I've ex- not necessarily experienced because I feel like my parents, despite their horror at me and not being an actor, <laughs> they did something right with me because yeah. I've never, you know, I've been, the things that I could have battled with, I haven't. And yeah. in terms of like me and, you know, looking in the mirror and thinking, oh yeah, I'm a decent person. I genuinely feel that. And that's down to my parents, even though yeah. they don't know how they did it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um, but that what I experienced through a lot of my friends was there was a restriction about what you should be as a woman, as you sh- what you should be like as a black woman. Yeah. And religion was a big part of it. Of course. Because my parents were very religious, but mm-hmm. sort of they came to it like tenfold a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, and it's often the, oh by the way, God. the late converts are the most They're like stringent on it. But I used to fight with my mum. Yeah. About it. I used to not want to go to church. I used to be like, I don't agree with this. I read the Bible. And I read these two versions and there's this version that says that women shouldn't go to church if they're on their period. So what's that about? Because I know you go to church. Yeah, my mum yeah, would be yeah. like, just shut, just shut your mouth. And yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah but mm, I can't. I was, an- I was annoying. <laughs> I deserved every slap my mum gave me. Like, but good, that yeah. is it. And I just was like, I'm not settling for it. I'm not yeah. settling for it because I'm seeing discrepancies left, right and centre. Yeah. And, um, but that's just me. And so to play a character that was deeply, deeply religious and battling with it, but does actually believe in God and loves God and, and wants to sort of follow her, imp- like marry her impulses that are yeah. very, very natural with her belief was really interesting for me because it made me look at religion in a kind of whatever works. We're just trying to get through life. Yeah, life is yeah, really hard sure. if that's what gives you comfort and like... Do whatever you want. Yeah. Let's not ask too many questions. Let's not ask too many questions. Do whatever you want. Like, whatever. But, you know, I do ask questions and that's just (laughs) me. That's really annoying. But what I felt personally about Cynthia was that it was really interesting to explore a black woman who felt restricted by religion because I feel like a lot of people do in terms of, like, how you should look and, you know, who you should be with and the kind of music you should listen to and the places that you should be. And, um, but it was fun to do, again, this is what I mean. I, I approached it very, very seriously. Yeah. But it's comedy. Yeah. And I feel like those those are the best places to ex- to yeah, explore yeah. serious subjects. For me, yeah. chewing gum is deadly serious. Like, there's a lot of serious things that go on. Yeah. But we do it in a really funny way. And yeah. um, It's and the so- perfect b- a balance of telling absolutely, truly ridiculous stories yeah. and situations. But, again, having that serious uh, a point coming across in there, truth in it. Yeah. And I think, you know, because Michaela, you know, it originated as a, as a play, There's yeah. there has to be truth to it we were very very the conversations that we had originate in the sister relationship was you know why does cynthia freak out when tracy leaves it's because she's losing her friend her friend is going to explore the world and so she goes oh my god i'm losing her i'm losing her okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try and do the same i need to i have these impulses too but i can't you know have sex until i get married okay who's the nearest man ronald okay we'll get married i'll get married to ronald and then i can have sex and it'll be fine like she just she's in this panic of losing her family and so that's how i approached it but then of course you then you know i wear the clothes and i've got a very specific voice for cynthia as well and and it becomes a a riot was there any because as you said it is it is you're approaching it in a a semi-serious manner but it is a comedy role was there any um in the back of your head 
mockery of people that you went to school with or someone that you were like oh she was the one that was all this and I'm getting to kind of almost take the piss a little bit or or, or tease slightly on this kind of I don't know whether there's a I don't know anyone who's extreme as Cynthia no it was based on no one it it just was it was about taking this theme of being trapped and not really understanding or being engaged with your sexuality and turning the dial up something that I recognise in a lot of my friends not in myself, actually, <laughs> yeah. if I'm being really honest. Yeah, yeah. And then just turning it up by 10. But yeah. there was no one that I went, this is basically... This no kind of, one's yeah. that. No one's like that. No, no, no one's that, that kind of cray. Like. Um, so so <laughs> within a year or so, kind mm. of release-wise, you also got Crazy Head, which yeah. must have been exciting because, it, again, it's another really unique and unusual mm. story and thing but the character is so different from Cynthia it's yeah, almost polar opposites in yeah. it in in that you're very confident and outgoing or mm. at least putting on the putting trail on the of confidence yeah, and, yeah. and and outgoing and can do what you want yeah and again it's making it's making essentially a zombie slash or, or vampire yeah. type, genre type show yeah. that Again, but is made in a real and modern way. It's yeah. not in a cliche way. It's 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 real in in England at this time. Yeah. <laughs> so how exciting was that to work on and to be uh, at the forefront there? Oh, uh, it was. It spoilt me. It's actually that job has ruined me now because yeah. I've never had the opportunity to originate something in that depth and to have that many lines. Like yeah. me and Cara were just like Cara who plays Amy in the show, which is like, yeah. I can't believe that we get to do yeah. we get to say all this stuff and we get to do all this stuff and it's amazing. It spoilt me because now that I've done it and now that I know that I can do it, I'm like, I can't play bit parts anymore. Yeah. Like it's ruined me and done. Yeah. Like that's it. Like yeah. I'm ruined now. It was amazing. And it and it um it came at a time in my life where I was really, really not confident. Mm. I'd um, been through the mill a little bit and uh, and it arrived so quickly yeah. on my lap. I really was like, I don't know whether I can do it. I yeah. literally don't, I don't, it was the first time in my life where I went, I don't know whether I've got, I've got the stamina or the minerals because I knew that it would be physical as well. Yeah. And um, I'd always really done well in at RADA with stage fighting and stuff. But I hadn't done it in a while. I hadn't been the lead. Like chewing gum is amazing because it's very ensemble, and you know, yeah. and Tracy is the out and out. The show is about her, and I'm very comfortable yeah. like that. I'm very, yeah. very comfortable. That's all that's really been required of me on sta- on, on screen. And yeah. here I was. It's a, a, in front of a massive people. deal to suddenly go. You're, you're. This is you. You're this is on it. you guys. Yeah, you've got all of it now. And um, and I was I was really scared. But I had between when I got the job and being on set to sort that out. Yeah. And I ended up having, honestly, the best time on yeah. the job I've ever had. Mainly because the cast were incredible. The crew were sick. They were just like made up of the most brilliant, yeah. funniest, gentlest people ever. Like they would, you know, we'd all have a bit of a laugh. And then when we needed to do like the big scenes, they'd give you your space. Yeah. We'd go to the pub, we'd go for a drink, you know, we'd That's relax, wicked. we'd chill out. I just, I, and then we were in Bristol and I'd never been in to Bristol yeah. before actually it's lovely in Bristol yeah. I love Bristol I was like this place is sick and um, so all the B places B- a Bristol, Brighton and Birmingham are the three that I'm like they're all lovely they're, they're, they're all I don't know why that is the case in it is. Yeah. but I loved it I and, yeah. I, and it and I and it was another job where I learnt so much about myself and what I could do there yeah. were loads of days on the way to set I'd be like I don't know if I can do that I don't know if I can do that scene actually there was a big scene in uh, the ice rink in episode two yeah where something really big happens no, yeah. no spoilers no spoilers and uh, i have to get very very upset 
And I, because I'd done so much comedy, I knew that I could do it on stage. It's instantaneous. You're running through a whole play. You get to that big moment and you can feel not necessarily emotion, but whatever is happening in front of you, you can let yourself react to to that. With this, it's like take after take, stop, start, stop, start. And I thought, can I, can I conjure that every single time? And I just thought literally walking onto the ice rink, I went, do you know what? I'm going into this absolutely not knowing if, if I, I can if do I can this do it, yeah, it's petrifying, what? right? You know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave myself alone. I just yeah. left. I thought, nope. I'm not going to start thinking sad things because actually, the the instance, the thing that happens in episode two has yeah. happened to me in real life. Not right, in not with the yeah, not with the shard of ice, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so in a way, you start like thinking, all right, have I got to go there in my head? And I, I thought, you know what? No, just gonna do I'm gonna it. leave it. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. And it got to the moment, and everyone was so the cast and crew, our director Al, just. Kara was there just like I'm with you and with you make up with their like yeah. and I did it time like take after take after take after yeah. take not big deal and then we finished and you know we went home and I did it it's drink. amazing I think uh, one of the most calming things is when you realise that humans by their very nature are massively egotistical <laughs> so I guarantee that everyone else was looking at that script and all they were really thinking about was their part in it the cameraman yeah. was thinking oh can I oh, how are we going to is this yeah, going to work? This, blah, blah. And, and Cynthia, oh, oh, yeah. oh, everyone else is thinking, oh, I've got this. In your mind, you're thinking, oh, damn, this is my big scene. Am I up to it? Everyone else is thinking, well, this is just yeah, the scene where this, she does do that. that. Do that, do that, that shot, that shot. She's going to do that there. And it, it, it's like, it's, it's not that big a deal. So I guess it takes the pressure off in many ways because you know yeah. that everyone is so everyone caught up is in their doing own. their job. And that's yeah. what I love about, like, I do love theatre, but one of the things that I love about being on set is that everyone is doing their job. Yeah. You all come together, you all want to try and make a thing. Your responsibility is that. Your responsibility is that. My responsibility is doing the fucking thing. Yeah. Like, and you just all get on with it. And yeah. I love that. I love that because in a way it stops you being precious. Yeah. Um, if you are a precious actor and you're on set, it fucking shows. You can yeah. get away with it in theatre a little bit because it's so self-contained. You're doing four weeks of rehearsals. You're very, very protected. You're on set and you start behaving a fuckery, which has happened. I've worked with a couple of people and everyone's looking at you like, mug. Yeah. Like, you're a mug. What are you doing? Crew are looking at you like, you're a mug, innit? We all, yeah. we all know you're <laughs> an idiot. You can carry on being an idiot, yeah. but none of us like you. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not actually about being liked. It's just about being respectful and knowing that this person has to do their job and that person, and when yeah, everyone is good at doing do. their job, which everyone was on crazy head. I mean, it just means that you can do some scenes <laughs> that otherwise would be difficult or a bit embarrassing, a bit cringe, and you can just get on with it. And I, yeah. and it meant that I came away from that job going, Oh, I'm much more capable of doing so much more than I ever thought. Yeah. I loved, I, I, I'm really thankful for it and playing the lead in genre as well. Yeah. Like it's a real world that I've been open up to and people get so yeah. passionate about it. And also having, you know, a black woman. And I yeah. didn't realize this at the time because what I try not to do is go, right, you know, I'm doing this role. I've got to speak on behalf of all the race and all the black women. I yeah. do that yeah. because if someone sees me and my visibility or my work and, and is inspired by that, that's wicked. Yeah. But I can never make choices about my career and the things that I want to do based on what will other people think? Yeah. How am I going to lead yeah. the people? Completely. The, the, the revolution is my, in my choices yeah. is the fact that I fucking have choices. Like that yeah. is what is, that is freedom. 
that 100%. is what's inspiring not me going you know if i do this what will the nation of all the black people think if yeah. i do this role and yeah. will i represent absolutely i don't ever think that before i accept this i should probably check i should call the black, black line i should call the black community <laughs> guys i've got that number guys what do you think big deal. guys this is a big deal what do you think is this representing <laughs> us in the right way yeah. and i just avoid i run from that like the plague and the thing about genre that's really cool is that you can do mad stuff like you can kill demons and you can you know like murder people and yeah. shoot people up and and without going does this represent because anything is possible in those worlds because yeah. it's so mad yeah and i feel like the more that's why people go nuts over you know the plethora of actors that are being um well, i think it's a hairdryer going i think it's my flat mate it's, all good. it's just dina she's getting ready <laughs> um she's really lovely but she's been very very nice she's not hiding um, <laughs> but um but like that's why people go nuts over you know uh, black actors, Asian actors being cast in Marvel superhero yeah. um, films because the opportunities um, for what that those characters can do and say yeah. and be and look like is huge. Or, or, or just in comparison to a, a, a drama like or, a BBC drama or something. Like Riz Ahmed is is a mate oh, of mine, and he's obviously in the I new love Star him. Wars. Can film you tell him I love him, please? I, I will. I'll let him know. Um, <laughs> and, and we were discussing, or, or me and an, a, a mutual friend were mm. discussing how massive it is that mm. this is one of the first. This Christmas just gone. It's one of the first Christmases that a young Asian boy can open his toys and mm, have a oh representative of himself in in, in his in in the biggest. Everyone's excited about Star Wars toys. That's a massive deal, and I the thing I I loved about Rogue one is there was a great variation but it wasn't done as a statement as, yeah. as exactly as you said there it yeah. wasn't a big oh this is a big a represent it was like no that's just that's just how it fits and how it works that's who was right for yeah. the jobs and, yeah yeah but it is a massive deal it is a massive deal that yeah. you can have that as a yeah. child and go that could be me as yeah. said when you sat down with your dad he kind of flicked through and said can that be you yeah that was the question whereas now people can see a, a you yeah. on tv and go that that can be. Yeah. It can be. I don't have to take yeah. the big leap that you had to take potentially yeah, of going, yeah. no, I'll make it work. I'm going to try I'll make it work. work. I'll, I'll make that, that a thing. And that isn't lost on me. Yeah. Like, I don't see myself as a spokesperson at all. Like, I, in, in, in a way, I say that um, because I want to be free to make mistakes. Yeah. I want to be free yeah, to, do. like... It's, it's a lot of pressure. Like, for instance, when I did... Okay, when I did In Between Us 2, I was a tiny pie in that film. Yeah. I had the best time. I got to go yeah. to Australia for, what, two weeks? I flew first class for the first time in my life. Amazing. It's a long old flight. Yeah. So in the end, I was like, yeah, I really need a bed, actually. This is a really yeah. long flight. And I had... And I learned, <laughs> and I learned so much, actually, because it was Ian and Damon who created the series that yeah. were directing. And we would just sit down and I'd ask them, like, because I was just starting to think about writing and I said you know how did you write the series and so I was having to pick their brains I was being paid to pick their brains about how they created one of the biggest tv shows yeah. in recent yeah, UK yeah. history um and the biggest their first one which is the biggest gross in British comedy of all time yeah. I was like here is the source right in my hands yeah but I remember there was a couple of people who were a bit like Ugh, in between us like Ugh, like why would you be a part of that like it's a little bit lowbrow and I was so like funny. this is why I don't do role modelly like speak on behalf of the people because I did that job mainly number one because I got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the part but also because I really it's a good I, reason I, it's a really good reason to go off and do it but also I, I don't want to ever feel like um, I have to choose work to represent people or say I choose like a really weird funny job that doesn't go down well I want to be able to own my mistakes yeah Imogen's two was not a mistake. I had a mass, no. massive time, but like on other, it's never happened. Actually, I've been really lucky. Touch wood. Um, but say if I was to pick something that was just really like badly judged or whatever, yeah. I want to have the freedom to do that because for me, 
um, equality is the freedom to fail. Yeah, completely. Or do like yeah, weird things. Um, so, but it's not lost on me that someone, yeah. and I've met a couple of young actresses, young black actresses who have come up to me and gone, oh my God, I've seen you in this and it's really, really inspiring. That's not lost on me. And it is important. Yeah. Visibility is important. I think like the next step now is getting, you know, a, a, a diverse group of people who are green lighting shows and making yeah. shows and, you know, being executive producers of shows that's happening slowly, but surely, but that is the next Completely. step. And, and, and again, the beauty there of, 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 of jumping at the chance to be involved in something, to have that direct contact with, with people who have done yeah. what you maybe want My to God, do yeah. and, and not turn your, your nose up at things. I, I remember one of the, it was only like the fourth or, or fifth audition I got sent through and my agents kind of sent it through and were like, I'm not sure if you're going to be up for this. Cause again, in their mind, I'm coming from spoken words yeah, and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, and yeah. it was, it was, it, it was the latest fast and furious film. Yes. And mate. Like, I'm not sure if you'll be up for it. I was like, mate, I want to meet Vin Diesel. I want to meet Ludacris. I want to meet Natalie. Luda. I was like, that last fast and furious was dope anyway. Oh, I know God, there are a few I that cried. are a bit weak, but the last one was dope. I was like, who do you think I am that I'm going to be as gonna potentially no. for my third or fourth acting gig going to go, no, I'm no, not really the Fast and Furious stuff. I was like, all over that. But I, I didn't get it. But still, I was like, I'm well up for that. That's, well, that's the thing. And also, like, Again, it's the experience of being involved in those things and learning, again, from, from what you've said. Yeah. You're someone who's going to go out there. You may have a small role, but you're going to be watching and you're going to be learning from everyone else. Exactly. You're not going to be there to just cash your check, have no, your five minutes on no, screen. There's and fuck a lot off. to like, learn in every situation, in yeah. every genre of film, every size of film as well. And I the freedom is being ha- is having that at your at your fingertips and i just think that and also like, there was one thing like, so when i was in drama school there was a point where i was very very tired and um, <laughs> and uh, i was not really happy at all it was really hard because once i decided to go to drama school my parents essentially said you're on your own right they were really angry because yeah. like, i was taking it to the umpteenth they thought yeah. oh she'll grow out of it and i turned around and went i got into drama school so i'm going there my mum was a bit like, well, I now know that you're stubborn as fuck. So yeah. you're going to do it. My dad was furious and he, and he kicked me out. Yeah. And I, he kicked me out. And I ended up living with Maria, who I spoke about before. Yeah. Who's teaching me drama school. She invited me to her home and said, you can live with me. Amazing. And so, but I was on my own. Um, and what I'd previously said to you about, I had all these people sort of encouraging me, all these teachers saying, you can do this and do that. Now I was at drama school on my own. Those people have like grown up and you're doing their own thing. And so what I realized is that I didn't, the confidence that I had didn't grow from myself mm-hmm. and I needed to find that. Right. And that was really hard. Yeah. Cause now you're on your own. Yeah. So there was a point where I wanted to leave. I'd had enough and I wanted to leave. And my acting tutor, Alex Clifton, he, we went for a coffee or something and I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm not, I'm just not, I'm finding it really, really hard. And he's like, tell me, okay, why, why you find it hard? Tell me why you find it hard. And I went, I'm not enjoying it anymore. And then he stopped and he went, yeah, that's a good reason to quit. And I went, what? (laughs) And he was like, if you're not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, I can't argue with that. I think it's a waste, but. Yeah, if you're not enjoying yeah. it. And it was a real moment where I was like, oh, shit, I better enjoy this then. Yeah. <laughs> There's, and so that brings me back to... You're meant to convince me. Yeah, you're Damn, to, yeah I genuinely <laughs> yeah. thought he was going to be like, no, yeah. the world needs you. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, fair enough, you're not enjoying you're not it. Yeah, you're not feeling it, yeah. yeah. I thought, shit. But it was a real moment out of several moments in my life. Where I thought, God, you know, if you're in this, you've got to enjoy it. There is so much, in terms of like the business side, there's so much fuckery and like annoying stuff and there's heartbreak when you want a job and you don't get a job and all this sort of stuff that actually in terms of the doing of it you have to love it and so for me 
when I get a script through the door, through the door in my email. It's not, it's not, it's not 1992. It's not demanding that they deliver it through the door from now on. Through the door. It's like, no, it just gets pinged over yeah. to me. Um, when I read a script, you know, I, I think, will I enjoy it? Will yeah. I enjoy doing this? Say, yeah. say if I was to get it, will I enjoy it? Is there enjoyment to be had? Whether it's the script, whether it's the people that I collaborate with, if it's not there, if I read something and I go, no, I've learned to say no. That's wicked. And again, that's, that's the perfect attitude. It's the, the first thing that I got, I was just hyped about and they yeah. sent through an offer and I, I was out and mm. then they sent another offer and they'd ups, up the offer. Cause I said, Oh, actually we feel that's an insulting amount. And I was like, I didn't want to say, I was like, I didn't oh, yeah. even I think about the fact do. I was going to get paid. I, really? I, was, I, was, I was hyped yeah. to be there. I was, I was hyped to be involved. Yeah. It's like you literally at that stage could have said, well, I mean, we'll cover your travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll and I would have been like, all right, sweet. This is wicked. I didn't have an agent or anything. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's yeah, do cool, it. So, and but again, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's, you should hopefully have that, or at least a level of that excitement on every, every gig, job gig you do. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a sad day when, when it becomes a, all right, I've got to go and, because it's yeah, a I've privilege. I've got to go and mess about. I've got to go mess you about. Should, you should That's be pleased with that. You should be pleased. Because you know what? My, you know, my mum was a cleaner. My yeah. dad, my dad worked himself to death. Like yeah. he worked so unbelievably hard for really not very much. Yeah. And even though it was the path that they weren't initially happy, initially, yeah. after a while they came full circle. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. You're doing acting. It's yeah. amazing. We've got an actress daughter. Um, but you know, <laughs> they worked hard. And so, it's it's my duty to make sure yeah. that I'm doing work that I'm proud of and that I enjoy. And um and the moment that acting stops being that, I'll stop. Yeah. Definitely I'll stop. Yeah. But definitely. I've been so lucky with every single job for different reasons. I've always gone, that's the joy there. That's the joy there. And so that's what I try and seek. You can't always, but so far, okay, touch yeah. wood again. <laughs> that's been Still the case. There. So um <laughs> I'll I'll start to wrap things up now. But yeah. one of the exciting things about the the, the acting and the TV and film industry at the moment yeah. is people like Michaela and Donald Glover um, yeah. and, and, and a whole list of others yeah. who have gone, the role I want isn't, I'm not, isn't appearing in my inbox, yeah. isn't coming through my letterbox. Isn't coming through um, the letterbox. So I'm going to make it and I'm yeah. going to write it and I'm going to produce it. Or I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to yeah. make that a thing. So is that something, having worked on chewing gum, which is the epitome of that, I think mm. in the UK um, area, uh, at least, is that something that's inspiring you? Because I know you mm. write as well and yeah. you've, you've started as, as, as writing. So, so, so is that something that's inspiring you at the moment to kind of go, right, I need to also as well as go for auditions yeah, and get these yeah, amazing roles and opportunities yeah. I'm grateful to be in line for, mm. let's also create some that, I, yeah. that I'd, I'd, I'd like to see on TV. Yes. Stuff that my dad would have flicked yeah. through and gone, oh, look, look, Bless there's him. there's something, you know. <laughs> Bless him. Um, yeah, I'd, I, so working with, so Michaela, working with Michaela and seeing her create that, I was like, wow, amazing, awesome, awesome. And then I worked with Phoebe Waller-Bridge on Crashing yep. and same thing. I was like, wow, oh my God, oh God amazing, yeah. amazing. But I'd always had a rule. I had a very, very strict rule where I said, this is cool. This is really amazing. But I will not start writing until I'm 30. Yeah. I always said that. I was wow. just like, because I was having a really good time being an actor. I was yeah. really enjoying it. I was meeting people like Ian and Damon, like Michaela, like Phoebe, and a host of other people who were create, like my friend Daisy, who's yeah. got her own BBC show now called This Country, which is it's amazing. I saw the so, first episode right? this, this, this last week and I've series. She, now she. It. It's genius. Oh, 
So that's her brother. Charlie's her brother. Yeah, yeah. And we went to drama curtain. school. Me, curtain, curtain. So good. <laughs> curtain. So good. Me and Daisy went to drama school together. Yeah. Comedy was always a strong point. And she's been, this show, that show's been in development for, what, four years? Four, three really? years? Really? Wow. It's been through the mill, through like, whatever. And now it's come out. I, I, I stumbled upon oh it Oh my God, I'm so glad you're watching Saturday it. And, and me and my brother just, uh, I flicked it on and we're like, I oh, will give this a look. And we were like, I, I've got a series. This is amazing. So it's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But, it reminds me a bit of The Detectorist, which I yeah, thought was amazing. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. so... So yeah. microscopic. It was so focused on such a small niche yeah. that you're like, this is brilliant. Wonderful. This is genius. It's so, yeah. wonderful. And all that stuff going around, like happening around you, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I always thought, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been in no, I'm in this forever. Like, yeah. I've been doing this since I was 17. If if time, if, if doing things quickly was something that really mattered to me, I wouldn't be a fucking actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. for me, I'm long haul. Like, it's never bothered. Like, even though. It, it can be frustrating when you see your peers get things really, really quickly. Like when I went to drama school and there were people just like leaving and doing movies and you sort of go, Oh God. Uh, but I've always known because of the kind of actor that going back to what I said about the kind of actor I knew I was yeah. in terms of the way I looked, in terms of my taste, in terms of how the world world yeah. saw me, I was like, it's going to be slower in it. Yeah. I always knew. I just yeah. fucking always knew. So, but I equally, thought, it's going to be, it's going to have a, a, a longer that's date the on, dream. on it. It's, it. It's not going to be that thing of, oh, as, as again, it's still particularly for women in this industry, yeah. the thing of, oh, you get to 30, 35, 40. And you're done. Uh, exactly. Done, or the roles change at least. Whereas if you're like, no, I want the roles to change when I'm 21, 22, 20. I want them exactly. to constantly change. Constantly change. Well, you see, I think that probably was a, a little bit partly to do with why I was like I'm not going to write until I'm 30 because right. I, I like the idea of being a fully fully committed actor and then 30 this new age then adding another string to my yeah, bow yeah, and yeah, by yeah. that point I would have had over 10 what 10 no 17 what 13 years yeah. worth of of experience yeah. I'd feel a little bit more confident to write uh that all got put in the bin because <laughs> then, uh as a producer who got in touch with me he was like we've seen your work do you have any ideas to yeah. write? I was, what, I was 28, just turned 28. I was like, oh, this is a bit early. It's a bit early. <laughs> but, um, but I pitched him an stall. idea. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll stall I'll it, stall it. Stall but I pitched an idea, and it's an idea that's you know primarily set in Nigeria. It's something that happened to me when I did my first film, Half of the Yellow Sun, which is in Nigeria. And I did yeah. that with Chiwetel and John Boyega oh, wow. and you And my first, first film, amazing. Um, and I arrived in Nigeria and my dad died. And, uh, and it was pretty fucking horrific. Uh, but again, this is why, you know, people, they can talk down about the industry, but I love my tribe and our producer had five days off and she was like, you know what, because you have made the difficult decision to come and do this job, even though you've had a bereavement, you've lost yeah. your dad, we're going to send you to go and meet your family. Oh, wow. So they sent me to Port Harcourt to go and meet my grandparents and my oh, half sister and my nephew, my cousins and my aunts for the first time in my life. Yeah. And um, and it was a really, really big moment. But yes, yeah, so I met my half-sister, Olgeir. And uh, she's a real, not even character. I don't like to say that because it's making her seem not real. But yeah. um, the, it was just really, really interesting seeing her life. And she'd grown up without my mum. Yeah, My mum made a decision to move to the UK and send money back, which yeah. is something that happens quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and then she came over to the UK after the funeral to be with my mum. For the first time in years, these two women were together. Wow. And... Um, and all of that conjure, I thought, God, yeah, like I really, really want to write about this. Not right now because I'm grieving, but yeah. one day I'll write about it. Yeah. So I pitched this idea. I was like, this is the idea. It's sort of like, you know, 
trading places thing, UK, Britain, UK, Nigeria, what it is to be British or Nigerian and identity and blah, 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 thinking they were going to go, no. Then they went, yeah. (laughs) I was like, fuck. And yes, I'm writing that. That's amazing. (laughs) So I'm writing that. And I, and since then there have been a fuck ton of other projects including two feature films um, that I am attached to write. So it's all happened annoyingly before my 30th. But I'm going with it. It's good. It's good. It's good. I, I it's think good. all all plans and structures, I think, are fantastic until they're restricting you. Yeah. Again, it's yeah. great to have that plan because you're saying, I'm focusing on this. Yeah. As soon as it's restricting you, you should be able to walk away from yeah. that plan yeah. or intention and go, all right, forget that. This is now actually a really good opportunity yeah. and an exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting to it see is. what's ahead then. Yeah, but it's all, it's all, I mean... Some people are brilliant. Like I've spoken to a couple of friends of mine that are like writers on other shows and stuff. And yeah. very quickly I was like, and once I got that commission and then I started having other people involved and I spoke to my new lit agent yeah. and he was like, do you want to write for other people? Do you want to write for other shows? And very quickly I was like, nah, it's all that I do will be autobiographical, yeah. whether it be directly from me or like my family. Um, so no. So it, it so I, in, in again, a way like with you in terms of like, the amount of stuff that you do, yeah. it's nice to be able to go, this is the thing that I want to do and this is the work that I want to do, but there's no time on it. Yeah. There's not going, I've got to get this draft in by this day, or even though exactly. I am actually on a deadline for my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for my script at the moment. But like, it is really nice to go, I'm working on stuff that is really, really personal to me that will be ready, it's when, ready, it's ready. when it's ready. And, and, and the beauty of that, because some people could say this kind of, cause, because it does seem like a new trend with, with, Fleabag and Atlanta yeah, and all these different yeah, yeah. things where people are writing for themselves you could say oh it's egotistical it's this that I think it's the complete opposite because the fact is in the process of writing you've got unprecedented amount of time to get to know that character yeah. that you wouldn't have if you're coming onto a script you'd, yeah. you'd do your best you'd do your research yeah, you'd interpret yeah. as best you can but if you're with that character from conception to completion yeah. then you know that and that's 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 why they're all such good shows, I think. Because yeah. it's it, it's not that kind of, oh, I need to write this and I need to be at the forefront. And, yeah. and it's no, like, no, no. no, I need to write this character because I know, I know this character yeah. and I know what's, yeah, who they are. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll wrap it up there and, and let you get, get back to your writing deadline. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for chatting. And where can people... Keep up to date on everything that you're doing. Keep up you're to doing. date. Well, the magic of the internet means that Crazy Head is still available on uh, all four, as well as Chewing Gum. The, the both of them are on Netflix as well Netflix now, which is well. a massive deal, because Netflix Nuts. does feel like it opens. It's that I, I love that previously there's the, there would be a rivalry between the terrestrial ch- channels in yeah. many ways. Yeah. You, you're not going to, if you've had some, if it debuts on four, it's not going to be anywhere else for a year or two. Yeah. It's kind of the thing, but Netflix seems to have broken that open broken. to say, there you go. <laughs> there you just go. Have watch that. that. Watch that. So yeah, yeah. Netflix and, and all four. And all four, yeah. That's where that all it's is. exciting. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to all that is ahead. No Cheers. worries. Thank you. <laughs> There you go. How lovely is Susan? Again, it's another one where we could have chatted for hours, I swear. Um, I'll I'll keep this outro short. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I recommend you watch all the shows that uh, that we've discussed in this episode, including uh, uh, this country on iPlayer. It's amazing. 
that's about it. Check out Hardcore Listing. I'll give that that one more plug. Hardcore Listing on iTunes and Acast now. Um, subscribe if you can. You're going to enjoy it. Next week, I've got James Buckley. It's a great episode. He is, quite frankly, horrible to me from from the offset. So, yeah. Um, see you next week, guys. Ta-ta.